I declare bankruptcy! Bears eats Battlestar Galactica. Depression? Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut! Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. Welcome to Great Scott. I'm your host, Jay Ray, and with me is my deskmate, Jacob. What's up, buddy? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, it's uh, it's space heater time down here in the uh, the podcast cave. Yeah. Uh, did you get snow up by you? No, no snow, just cold. Yeah, like, it snowed about three inches over here. I got friends in Alabama and Texas who got snow, and I haven't gotten anything. <laughs> Yeah, that's rough. But, you know, whatever. I mean, it's not like I'm, like, super sad that I didn't get any fucking snow. I'm right there with you. <laughs> well, as usual, we are a member of the Broken Jars Broadcasting Network, so visit brokenjars.xyz for all of our awesome stuff. Visit patreon.com slash brokenjars if you'd like to give us some of your hard-earned money, and uh, we'll keep doing what we do. Mm-hmm. And a uh, big what up to the one commenter last week who explained what Gabe's comment about Amsterdam meant. Yeah, totally, that, that totally flew over my head when he said it. Yeah, we were watching it and she was like, what does that mean? I was like, well, we'll figure it out on the show. Don't worry about it. And then we got <laughs> to the show. We're like, oh, I have no idea. Uh, yeah, but he got it. And once he said it, I was like, oh. Yeah, makes clear. sense. Yeah, makes total sense. Yep. Well, we got two different episodes for everybody this week. Uh, so we'll just jump right into our first one. Happy Hour. Uh, written written by, by B.J. Novak and directed by Matt Sohn, who is the, let's see, he was the camera operator for 89 episodes of The <laughs> and the director of photography for 22 episodes of The Office. Wow. And he directs several more episodes going forward, but I'm pretty sure this is his first directorial thing on the office. I, mean, I guess that's how you get up there. You, that, yeah. So, you know, we always talk about the man behind the camera. Well, this dude is literally the man behind the camera. Across the board. Yep. If there's a person behind the camera doing something, he's doing it. Um, that's right. So the cold open of this is a physical challenge, right? Michael is trying to, uh, well, he did accomplish his 25th push-up. Right. Um, in one girl push-up. In one girl push-up. Um, which, you know, that's a lot of push-ups. Like, yeah. Even at my best, like physical peak, the most I could do is like 30. Right. I'm so, not a push-up guy. Uh, yeah, I'm not big in the upper body, but it's a good way to, to do things, especially when you have limited space. Yeah. Um, so, fun fact... A regular push-up, you know, you know, on your toes, you know, just regular old push-up is approximately the equivalent of bench pressing 64% of your body weight. Wow. That's, so, you know, that's a, so when we see Stanley doing these push-ups, that's a whole lot of weight. He's probably like 175, 200 pounds. I mean, I don't know how big Stanley is, but he's got to be over three bells, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, that's some serious stuff. So when when you start doing your push-ups, you know, Jay Ray, you know, first of the year, gotta gotta get those New Year New Year's resolutions going on. Um, you you'll know you'll know how much you're you're bench pressing. Great, I will remember it for that one day I try it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Michael ends up uh, challenging basically everybody in the office who can do a twenty six push-up and offers a. And on a range of different prizes, um, one being his respect. Which no one cares about. No. Uh, but eventually it gets to uh, being able to leave pretty much when you're done. 26 push-up, you're out right? Right. Uh, which yeah. which would be a bigger incentive for not the salespeople, right? Because right. the salespeople... You know, all the sales guys are super into it. Right, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but Stanley is not your typical salesperson. He doesn't like being there. 
any excuse to get the heck out of there, he's taking it. And uh, Jacob has a very funny note here. Uh, I'll just read it verbatim if you don't mind, sir. Quote, I was a little worried Stanley would die here. End quote. Well, we, I mean, from last season, we know he's got heart problems. He looks like he hasn't done anything to help his situation out. So, yeah, I was a little worried that, like, Stanley's heart would go pop. It doesn't. It does uh, not, thankfully. He, he we like Stanley. Doesn't. We do. Uh, yeah, he does it. He does it with, uh, you know, some struggle, but it doesn't really look like he slows down. It looks like he ends as hard as he started. Right, right. Um, Sorry, guys. And he just leaves. Yeah, I know. I'm feeling sick, too. I keep muting my mic to blow my nose. Thank goodness, listeners, that you are listening over the internet and are not in the various rooms that we record the show in catching diseases that we are spreading. Well, I'm on the tail end of mine. I've been sick, sick since Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. And... I, uh, I think I'm just starting. It's oh. beginning to look well. a lot like Christmas. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, he finishes it. He stands up. He says, excuse me, and he just walks right out. And there's this great pan across the office. And you look at Michael's face, and he's all like, yeah. He did it. What am yep. I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> no one expected Stanley to be the guy. Well, what did what did uh, Oscar say about it? It's like a, a a mom lifting the bus type of situation. Yeah, one of those adrenaline <laughs> things where like his body could do it. He just needed the motivation <laughs> mentally, and it was getting out on time or early rather early. I did some. I, I I've read some stuff, you know, taught like um, like how the Navy SEALs train and that kind of stuff about how you're when you when you think you are done, you can actually push your body an extra forty percent. So, like most people, when they get too tired or too much pain to keep going, the body can actually do another forty percent. So, maybe this is him channeling into that extra forty percent of strength or stamina. That was lying around those fat rolls. <laughs> so uh, we, we get into the crux of the episode, which is um, it, it's kind of uh, the Oscar is the catalyst of the events in this mm-hmm. episode. He but shows you know, up. Yeah. But it ends up becoming a pretty big episode for a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. story arcs for down the road and yeah. all that good goodness. So Oscar ends up showing to work at like 7 a.m. or some nonsense like that. Mm-hmm. He meets the warehouse folks in the parking lot. Interesting to see. It seems like they park in the same parking lot as the office workers based on uh, – or maybe did multiple people ride with Daryl. That's what it was. It was uh, – Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. Um, and Oscar's there. He's like, I always show up this early, whatever. And, and, uh, <laughs> guy's like, no, you don't. Yeah, exactly. But we, we, find, we meet Matt from the Christmas party. Yeah. Who Oscar is crushing on pretty hard. Yeah. And, you know, they talked at Christmas and they talked today. So that's going pretty good. Yeah, that's all you need. Uh, and I guess for reference, this episode came out in March. So Late March. Yeah, March 25th. March 25. So, yeah. So Still four, four months between. Well, yeah, three to four months in between. So. Yeah. Um, and then he can't get into the office. He's there too early. The actual building right. isn't open. So there you go. But uh, which seems odd to me. Like you would think, with all the other businesses, that people would get there early. You know, seven o'clock is not a weird time to show up at the office. No, I think it is. I mean, office hours are nine generally. Well, so early is eight. Seven o'clock is a full hour early before early. Well, for me, like I get to the office about seven fifteen, but I also leave at like three thirty. Right. And so, you know, I'm able to flex a little bit like that. So seven o'clock getting in the office isn't that weird to me. Right. Well, you're a little weird to everybody else, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you have never actually had a job that started at nine. All my jobs have always started at eight. Yeah. I mean, when I worked retail, uh, you know, store hours were tended to be 10 a.m. So you get in at nine to do whatever setup you have to do to open the store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then office job. I mean, and I used to do production work, but that's whatever time. Who knows? Right, yeah, right. So that don't count. So we have Oscar. He goes into uh, Daryl's office. He's like, hey, when was the last time we, we all went out? You know, office, warehouse. Like, has that ever happened? He's like, yeah, I think one time. <laughs> I, there's a great line where he's like, 
you can be gay with Matt, but you gotta be straight with me. It's like, just tell me what, tell me the, the, the truth. It won't be okay. Yeah. Uh, and Oscar doesn't cop to it, but he kind of leaves in such a way to confirm Daryl's suspicions, right? Right. Yeah, there you get this really good shot of Daryl just like grinning into the camera. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, Phyllis tells this story after the announcement is made that happy hour is being a thing. Um, right. About uh, basically flirting with dudes so that they flirt back with her or wearing something salacious so that they flirt with her. Uh, only to have Bob Vance, Vance Refrigeration, beat the crap out of these guys. I mean, what what kind of racket are they running here, man? Well, yeah, I mean, there's... I mean... <laughs> you know, I'm not even... No, not going to go there. I started to, but I'm going to rein that in. <laughs> well, so, uh, the, so the invite goes across the office. People respond in a various amount of ways jim is trying to get out of it you know he's uh right because jim hates people exactly i mean now that he is with pam he has no reason to orchestrate fun events where pam has to come to talk to her right and actually in the twist of it all he's trying to use her to get out of these situations so he gives her a buzz puts on speakerphone i think Right. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. He yeah, like Andy gets. I think he pulls out the phone, and then Andy clicks the speaker button, or something like that. Yeah, I mean that definitely. Andy does that to Michael when he says he got engaged to Holly once. Right. Um, but yeah, it might be a thing that Andy does. But <laughs> that son of a gun. So yeah. Amy is super excited. She's like, "Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it." Because it's like she hasn't really been out since yeah. she had the kids. And I guess this would be really her first time really going out since she got pregnant, you know? Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, or, or at least, you know, actually being able to drink and do that kind of stuff. Um, so we, uh, but pretty much everybody's going. and um, Yeah, the only person you really don't see is Meredith. Yeah, which is odd because it seems like something that'd be right. Well, she is getting her PhD, so maybe she had class. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they go to this weird place. It's like a Dave and Buster's of Scranton. Yeah, it's definitely supposed to be a Dave and Buster's. Um, But there's all sorts of like Dave and Buster's-like chains out there. Yeah, I mean, out here we got Barcade. um, Though that is, the intent of it is to look like a dive bar with really old video games. Like you said, this is definitely more like Dave and Buster with like the pool tables and the right. DDR and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've never been there before, but we go this time. It's a great setting and uh, we're introduced to some important characters. Um, but one thing that we see is that Andy and Aaron. So Andy and Aaron have a storyline here, right? Right. You know, it's all about how. You know, they're, they've been dating and they want to keep it... Um, Drama-free. On, yeah, on the DL. So, um, so they're they're kind of being mean to each other. And, like, and it's all Andy here. Like, I don't get it. I don't get what, what Andy's really trying to do here. Unless unless it is sort of like it's from the end of the episode where he's like, I do love the drama. So he's, like, building this drama that's just hurting everybody because he's... a like narcissistic asshole or something. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> Very well could be. It. Um, yeah. So yeah, like you said, they spend the evening kind of like being standoffish with each other when other people around or mm-hmm. uh, doing things he's, separately. He's like, all right, we'll do that. I'll go play that game and you do this. And it just, it makes no sense. Like Andy, just grow up and be a, per- be a human. Like don't, don't even be an adult. Just be like a relatively, adjusted normal human that's it that's all we're asking for that's all we're asking man um and we find out that it, so pam is coming in and they run into kevin and he starts screaming like at her boobs yeah to try and get them to to, to milk i guess to lactate. Uh, yes and so that, that's you're weird um and also we find that jim and pam well specifically pam brought a friend of theirs to 
hang out with Michael because she laughs at everything and she's super nice and all this stuff. Cannot remember her name. Jenny. Um, Was that it? Janice. Janie Jimchorp. Julie. Julie. That sounds right. Julie. Uh, Well, Pam actually invites two friends, Julie and Isabel. Uh, was I guess she did. It's never really mentioned directly if that she invited Isabel, right? right? Well, I mean, they they see each other, and Isabel makes that comment about wanting to go, you know, walk the room or whatever. So it did feel like she was there for Pam, but wanted mm-hmm. to do her own thing upon her arrival. Though, right? I don't think like Julie's there for Michael. I don't think Isabel's there for Dwight. Well, Isabel is there because of, for Dwight. Right, but I mean, Pam didn't invite her uh, for the sake of Dwight. Right, right. Because yeah. I don't think... Does Pam ever find out that they were they were hooking up? I believe I saw it in a deleted scene of uh, Niagara or whatever. It was like, oh, no, I'm lying. It's in the episode. It's actually when Pam rips her veil. Because uh, Isabel goes, oh, I'm going to go talk to Dwight. And she runs after her. And that's when she gets caught on the door or whatever and rips her veil. And mm-hmm. Starts this whole emotional thing about her you know, wedding supposed to be baby. <laughs> 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 so yeah, Isabel's walk around sees Dwight, and Dwight was kind of talking to Angela, but being super visibly bored, and Angela's being like weirdly chipper. But I wonder if that's conversations they used to have when they were like in it, you know? Probably, and you're probably also looking at like Angela. I mean, we we establish, we've already established and keep establishing that Angela really likes Dwight, even when she doesn't, she does. She's trying to make it work and do this whole, yes, we have this sex contract thing, but if I play it right, uh, maybe he'll start to fall in love with me. Yeah. no, I think And, and we kind of see something like that. I think it's next season with Andy's play where she dresses all up, you know, like the, the C catalog girl. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so you get, you get some of that, um, so I think that's what she's trying to do. She's trying to get a relationship with Dwight through the sex contract. Yeah. Which is a really weird thing to say, but. <laughs> I know, because you, you feel like the relationship probably would be the easier part, but. You would think. Well, I mean. It's a complicated situation. It's a complicated <laughs> situation. You know, like, I think we've, well, we should, I shouldn't say that. Uh, yeah, anyway. So um this is gonna be one of those episodes where I just keep start keep starting to say things and just decide that's probably a good thing to not say. Because <laughs> well, there's lots of that. I was gonna say if we look at the archives of the Jacob trivia we've developed over the course of this show, uh you definitely have a complicated history uh when it comes to your thoughts on relationships. Honestly, well, I wouldn't next, say it. I, I would. And I think uh, I think the next uh, Broken Jars podcast probably has to be uh, what up with your relationship with Jacob <laughs> or whatever. You know, oh, that'd be more. That'd be fun. Get yeah. some call-ins or like Twitter or whatever. That'd exactly. be fun. Exactly. I can't see how that would backfire at all. <laughs> if you if you want a relationship advice podcast from me, hit us up on Twitter or Broken Jars Broadcasting at Gmail dot com. Boy, if this is the thing that we get the influx of listener reach out to, I will have to rethink my thoughts on your stance on relationships. Um, all right, so, well, so I mean, what are what, what do you think my stance is? Like, I don't think I've been that crazy here. Well, not not crazy. Um, but I mean, I guess sometimes it's surprising that you got married, that you got far enough <laughs> along into a relationship to get to the marriage oh. part because everything before the marriage, you seem to dislike so much. Well, it was a fucking train wreck. Yeah. yeah no, yeah. trust me that we, we, it's been a joke. That's definitely been a joke between me and my wife. <laughs> uh, so a couple other things happening. Uh, one of the lighter things is actually Oscar and Matt kind of hanging out with the warehouse guys sipping a brewski but matt is uh mm. not there for a large amount of this episode uh, and i think 
Like, this is our first introduction to Hide, right? I believe that is correct, because the, um, what do you call it, the uh, minority management training thing hasn't happened yet. It was only briefly mentioned, but... Uh... Right. And... Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time we see Hide, or at least know of him. Maybe we've seen him, but not... In a talk as a in a talking role. I mean, this legendary story that he tells. Yeah, I think this is the first time we hear about it. Oh, it's definitely the first time you hear the story. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, we got some Kelly and Ryan stuff over that DDR, but then we got the Aaron Andy stuff we already talked about, and then the other big storyline here is uh, this Julie Michael thing. This will they won't they? Yeah, and it's going really well. Yeah. Until. Jim says something stupid. I don't know if it's stupid. I mean, he almost, he doesn't even use the word gate. He just says, Pam thought you guys would get along or something like that. Hit it off. Yeah, somewhere. hit it off. Yeah, 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 something. I mean, I wouldn't say it's stupid. And if anything, because yeah. uh, to be fair, if none of this was brought to light, right? I think Michael would have walked away from that whole thing and not even thought about calling her. Because that's how well, oblivious he was that this was something where he should be paying attention, you know? Right. But, you know, they were they were hitting it off. And then, like, and then, 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 then Jim says this. And it's like, I don't know. I guess after a certain time with Michael, you just got to learn to, like, not put ideas in his head. It's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. She seems like a nice person. And keep moving. Instead of just like, hey, yeah, she likes you a lot or whatever, you know, because then he's going to lose his mind and try to do what he does, which is our first and only introduction to date, date Mike. Mike. Yeah. Nice to meet me. Oh, my God. So terrible. I mean, I, I, I still am a firm believer that if Jim didn't or Pam or anybody didn't say anything, he would never see that girl again. And that would probably would have been a good thing. I know. But the point of them you know, hooking him up was so that he would feel this, like, not just the camaraderie, but, like, the relationship angle of it, you know? If he walked away right, thinking it, it usually could have been that, you know, they go their separate ways and Pam is like, hey, remember Julie from that one night? Well, she liked to talk to you. Here's your number or something, you know? And then Date Mike would show up there. I think Date Mike was an inevitability. <laughs> oh, yeah. Inevitability. I think if so, this... So do we think that Holly liked Date Mike? Like... No, I think Date Mike is the result of a post-Holly, very sad Michael who watched halfway of a pickup artist DVD. Well, he says he watches reality dating shows like a hawk. Well, that too. And he yeah. learns more from the losers than the winners. Yeah, which is, um, <laughs> that is apparent. <laughs> so um, yeah like you said he's having a really good time but then so he goes out takes off his tie props up his collar and puts on this kangaroo beret um, right which I don't oh I bet you that's something that has to do with Andre Agassi yeah I mean I used to work at an Italian deli and my boss used to wear one of those all the time but he was also <laughs> he also used to call me fish hook because of my lip ring so <laughs> you know whatever that's worth but um yeah so date mike is kind of terrible he uh he says it's nice to meet me he uh he he just hits random balls on the pool table mm -hmm. um making noise like ha yeah yeah, <laughs> or like, yeah. Poo, or something like that uh eventually to the point where he is on the pool table itself pretending the cue is a guitar Mm -hmm. causing the manager of the establishment to have to come over and threaten him with like security and bodily violence. Right. And this is the appearance of Donna who will pretty much creates the art for the rest of the season. Yeah. Got to say, I'll preface it just to uh, quell or actually to prepare people for the potential negativity that I'm inevitably going to share about this storyline. Not a huge fan. It's a dark road, and it's why I think Date Mike is the result of his post-apocalyptic Holly feelings. This relationship is also that, you know? It's just Michael down at the bottom of the barrel, and he's just doing things that like Mike in. Yeah. Right, right. Anywho. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll more on that later. Yeah. Um, so let's see. 
I mean, time and stuff happens in this episode. It, it, what I what I love is like after like Mike Michael kind of walks away, like Pam's like, "Hey, y'all want to get some food?" Like she's doing her best, her absolute best to get everything back together. Yeah, it's just. I mean, there's like, there's nothing. At some point, you just got to know who Michael is, and uh, it's just a path that can't uh, be salvaged. Uh, there was this great bit while he's doing that. Um, like, Pam says something to Jim about how she wants to tell him, tell her that he's not normally like this. He's like, or, or something like that. And Pam goes, "I think it should come from a man." Right. And Jim goes, "I think it should come from a note." With yeah. flowers tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's one of those things where you just got to, like, suck it up and go be like, all right. <sighs> Sorry. Yeah. Just like, like, you almost have to give that woman an extra gift because, like, that day turned out so terribly. Yeah. I mean, last time Pam did something like this, they joked about her possibly being evicted from her home because it was her landlady. Right. <laughs> so what? Are, what what's up? The wings are really good. <laughs> the wings are really good. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's what she was trying to get. Okay. Um, so we get to another Donna and Michael moment, mostly because Michael went over there to tell her that she can't talk to them like that, right? Right, because you know, she embarrassed him in front of his employees. Actually, uh, he phrases it like, you embarrassed my employees in front of me. Like something totally backwards, but um, right, right, yeah, it's super weird, and it's not um, super clear and, why she's receptive to his talking to her at all. Right, because like she like immediately flips. Yeah, it, you know, and he's like, "Well, it's like I'm a manager. Maybe it's a power thing. I don't know. I mean, or I'll more say successful power, power thing. Whatever power Michael has as some type of manager. I mean, you know, you could be a." A customer service caller person and now those people are called like account managers right but it's not to disrespect I don't know, those like, jobs of course you know reddit iTunes, i'm iTunes. just trying to like it's it's something i i like i have a note about this later like why is she so receptive to michael yeah no like, it's not he drives a she likes the fact that he drives a chrysler apparently uh, that he's a manager that he's writing a book somehow i manage will be him on the cover with his sleeves rolled up doing this. Yeah. You know, which if you Google around, there's some great like mocked up book yeah. covers for somehow I manage out there. That's pretty good. And I just, don't, I don't get it. And she like gives Michael the free lunch and is like, Oh, you're going to come in when I'm working. And we I learned mean, a, like, yeah, I, I got to say, I think maybe, I think Steve Carell is probably generally not the worst looking guy. I think he's got no, a crazy he's not a bad nose. Looking guy. Yeah, so I think when we're getting into these forty plus year old single people, Steve Carell's probably a catch. And Donna's a catch. Right. Yeah, you know Just based on visuals. You know, excluding right. and, excluding you know, Date and, Mike and the results of the other episodes, yeah. And you know, he has obviously had you know, we, we, don't, we don't like to, or we don't really think about it that much. But you know, Michael has been successful somewhat in his career, becoming regional manager. Yeah. And now he's over a really large portion. So you know, his his uh, business card probably says something like you know Northeast manage regional manager or something. <laughs> it's not just like Scranton area anymore. He's over a bunch of places. So I don't know. It's hard. It's I yeah. guess I can't. Yeah, the only reason why I don't think it's tied to the manager thing is because she doesn't really reap any benefits of it, you know, in the coming episodes regarding their relationship. You know, it's not like he's got more money and it's not like they're at his condo. Right, but it's still the it's the idea of success, you know, like, oh, this person has it together. And, you know, knowing from the fact that her husband spoiler is spoiler, Jesus. Uh, come that <laughs> uh, you know her husband is a high school baseball coach maybe that more corporate thing is appealing to her well now that you've you've dropped this huge bomb on me and the audience i mean do we think this is her first affair because i think that's the question 
I think if it's Ooh. not, she's just going around trolling for peen, right? Uh, um, that's a good question. It's one I actually haven't thought about. Probably, probably not. This is probably not her first, first affair, so you never know. Yeah, I mean, because I feel like if this is something she regularly does, um, then, you know, it's like, oh, cute guy, obviously out on a date. This is, you know, this should be a fun thing, right, between the two of us. If right. it's not her, if it is her first time, then, yeah, I feel like it was too easy. Like she, like you said, she kind of flipped too easy to be into him. That's how I feel. Who knows? Who knows? Michael has a way of getting attractive women. Yeah. So. Um, so let's see. Yeah, you have some more uh, frustrations here over Aaron and Andy's. Uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, so they, they like, 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 no, nothing about it, you know, whatever. And it's, you know, it's fucking obvious he's got a thing for her and has had a thing for her, you know, after especially Secret Santa and the marching band and all that crap. I mean, obviously, it's there. So, like, I don't get Andy's hangout. And so he's, like, pretending to flirt with this girl, and she goes to this guy and is like, hey, stranger, how you doing? Like, running his hand, her hand up his thigh and stuff. And obviously Andy flips out. Like, where'd you learn to talk like that? Like, I don't know the movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Andy is being so weird about this. It's just stupid. I mean, it's not a great storyline, and it only goes through this one episode. Um Aaron is a really weird character, and it takes her a long time, I think, to kind of normalize. I think it's, it does. It's not till like Tallahassee, I think, really. You know, uh, she starts to get there in season seven. Like she starts to become more normal when she's dating Gabe. Yeah, that's a fair point. Um, yeah, it's just. I don't know. She's she was totally fine when she started on the show, and then she became more of a character, and she got super weird, and then like like you said, kind of peters out into like a regular The Office weirdness, which is appropriate, um, right? So her being weird plus this weird ass storyline, they don't they're driving odd, right, with the rest of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of Stanley Hudson in here. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, like Stanley's got like 12 cards in there trying to get the free lunch. There's this great uh, bit bit where um, Dwight and Isabel, Isabella, Isabel, Isabel, I never keep her name. I think it's Isabel. Isabel uh, are walking and he's like, I wish a strangler, strangler would come after me. Like, he's a professional strangler. Yeah. <laughs> and we get Angela confronting the, um, confronting them with the contract. And I, I love the scene where Angela just whack, or Isabel whacks Angela on the head, top of the head, go, you know, whack. Isabella, <laughs> whack, you know, whack a mole or whatever. And they kiss and we never see her again. <laughs> Yeah, Ever. pretty much. Yeah, you know, like uh, if- Dwight had reservations about her, right? He called her a bumpkin from Carbondale or something because she was like a dentist assistant or something, right? Like a dental nurse. But he seems really into her because he's all you know, advantage all these things, Isabel, uh, advantage, you know, legally binding contract. <laughs> yeah, advantage Angela. I do. So, I like- think even Dwight though knows it's like a fling for him though. Maybe like it feels like it feels like they were ramping up sort of a Isabel versus Angela thing and then decided to scrap it at the last minute. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. Due to like actress availability or whatever. Right. And I was looking to see if there was uh, anything that I could I could glean from the interwebs, but there wasn't. Yeah. So, um. Closing on Hide's story. Mm-hmm. Essentially, we figure out that he was actually, according to him, like Japan's best heart surgeon, right? 
So uh, some boss right. from the Yakuza uh, shows up at his doorstep or whatever. It's like, you have to. Yeah, do the yeah. do the heart transplant. And he, he says he accidentally did it. Then we find out that he did it on purpose. You know, right, right. The best. So, like, you always hear these stories. I mean, this is the second time where we have a immigrant who was formerly a doctor in the show. Right. Who was the other one? Oh, uh, uh, Vikram. A Vikram, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, like, I know there are different accreditation processes, but you would think that if you graduated from medical medical school somewhere, you'd be able to do it again in the U.S. You know, like I don't, I don't know, and maybe it's just me being ignorant of immigration and all that stuff. But it seems like you would be able to get a job in your field at least. Maybe not being a surgeon again, but. Well, at least like I in, think I don't like, could I drive in the UK? Yeah, you could drive in the UK. Could I have a driver's license? Yes. Could I drive in the UK if I didn't have a driver's license when I was 30? Uh, no, no, probably not. <laughs> but we don't know. We're not sure. Yeah, I'm just trying to be like, okay, because if like, you could in the car or you couldn't with a car, maybe that's a good barometer for if you can perform heart surgery. Right. It just seems like they're and – I, and I know some – my dad's a former academic, so like I hear horror stories about like other universities from international universities. So maybe they're just not to the same level, but it does seem like there would be some kind of at least credit given to all your coursework. Like, oh yeah, you graduated from this one. Well, we'll knock like two years. You you could take a test and see where you place. You know, some kind of like CLEP test or placement test or something. Yeah, that's. I don't know. If you know, listeners. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? What are you guys good for? <laughs> Give us these answers so we won't sound so dumb. Um, <laughs> all right, man. So that that's the episode. What do you think? What would you give this thing? I really like this episode. I think it's fun. You know, good out-of-the-office episode. Everyone kind of gets into the act a little bit. So I give this four out of five Lee Iacocas. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the other night I was uh, I was like, you know what, we're eating dinner, let me watch my episodes. And I saw what they were and I was like, oh no, I can't because they're like weird and they're not fun or whatever. But when I finally got around to them, I was like, oh, you know what, it's not a bad episode. So I will give it a 3.7 out of 5. Don't tell me what to do with my tickets. <laughs> Good one. <Yeah>. Good one. <laughs> um, so... That's one. You hear my puppy being yelled at in the background. Uh, okay, next up is Secretary's Day. Yes, this is uh, directed by Steve Carell and written by Mindy Kaling. So, you know, pretty uh, murderer's row, so to speak, of yeah. office talent. Uh, um, which is weird because Carell directs it, but he's also in this episode a, a lot. Yeah. So we open, it's a cold open, but it ends up becoming a storyline. So I guess maybe it's not a cold open. I don't know. Uh, where Oscar has made a Cookie Monster YouTube video dubbing Kevin's voice over, you know, Cookie Monster talking. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I mean, I don't know how he got so many recordings of Kevin, either like voicemails that Kevin left for him or he like had the idea for this for a while and was just using his phone or something to capture snippets. Uh, from, from the video, I think it's a voicemail because yeah. he's asking Oscar to get back to him as soon as possible. Right. Um, well, it's a hit either way. <laughs> the whole right. staff ends up going over there to watch it on Oscar's screen. Um, and, you know, and Kevin's trying to This protest. is the scene of one of my all-time favorite office lines. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's a cookie monster from Sesame Street. And Dwight goes, oh, is that the show where all the puppets, with all the puppets that live in the barrio? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. I don't know why. And then Angela, like, Kevin's trying to get someone to take his side. And he's like, oh, this is my favorite day. Like, Angela's like stone cold, like blowing him off. It's hilarious. 
Well, and it's it's. I mean, it, that is pretty funny, but there's. It is a little odd for Angela, right? Like she doesn't right. necessarily take. Normally, she doesn't like this kind of yeah, stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah. But she she digs it. Um. So the main crux of the episode here is it's Secretary Day. Well, it's sort of the split. You know, yeah, there, there's right. really two like A storylines here. You've got Secretary's Day, and then Cookie Monster. The yeah, punishment. The progression. Progression resolution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Andy goes like all out, pays everybody five bucks, mm-hmm. like bring her in a card or something. Little little uh, Russell Stover's four chocolate boxes, some shit like that. Um, she's got signs up. He's got flowers, um, and the piece de resistance, uh, so to speak, is Michael taking her out to lunch, right? Feel right. like he would have brought this up another day, but here he is trying to convince Michael to take her out to lunch that mm. day. Um, he doesn't want to do it, and uh, he shares some of his uh, negative thoughts about Aaron. You know, she's weird, and she, you know, he said before he likes. He's a rube. Better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but Andy kind which of is weird. Um, which which is weird for. Michael to say because I I think Michael's been described as a rube before. I mean that's probably where he learned the word. <laughs> someone called him a ruby's like note to self, call someone a rube later. <laughs> um, uh, and we also this is Pam's first day back, uh, which is cool. Yeah. We also learned that you know Andy's stepmom is a, was his dad's secretary. Yep. Um, yeah, so then, so then there's a split. The Cookie Monster storyline mm. is um, basically Kevin going to Gabe saying, like, this isn't cool. Like, you got to do something. And Gabe trying to pull some form of rank, uh, even though he has no rank, really. He's, like, just the liaison from Tallahassee to Scranton. But it seems like he doesn't actually have any authority. Though he doesn't know that at the start of the storyline. The change? Right. And he's like trying to like exert himself. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, so he, he tells everybody no more Cookie Monster impressions. You know, let's keep it professional. And, um, well, I guess we don't hop in that much. But uh, because the next time that Gabe actually yells at them is during the party, which is after all of lunch. Right. Yeah. And so... Um, Aaron is just grilling Michael. Like, well, what was your favorite month of your favorite year? Yeah. Like, mine was April when I was seven. Or, yeah. Um, you know, if you could live any time, when would it be? And hers was like the 1490s. So that's when America was discovered. And that she, she likes being a secretary because she has a desk. And she used to work at Taco Bell Express. And that then it became a full Taco Bell. She just couldn't keep up. And, yeah. Like... Like you, like, um, like you have so many, like she, you see, like the fractured part of her psyche yeah. from being an orphan and all, like bouncing around, right. and you can tell that's sort of how she orders her thoughts, which just this, this bounce around from from point to point to point without ever actually sitting somewhere somewhere. And then uh, she asks, I think, what do you think of Andy? Yeah, and um, goes, well, aside from the fact that he uh, dated Angela, he's a snappy dresser. Like He's not a snappy dresser. Yeah. And so, I mean, this is, this is totally on Andy here. Like, it is, um, you got to tell her. Well, you, you, I mean, how long were they you dating? Because they, they kissed well, during New Leeds. New dates. Right. They kissed during New Leeds. And in the previous episode, they, say, they said they've been on two dates. And were, you know there would be many more in the future. So we, I would probably guess the relationship's like a month old-ish. Yeah, because the way I see it, I mean, if they have little conversations throughout the work day and only see each other maybe once a week, for a month, they've only hung out like four times. Is that an appropriate amount of time to reveal that you were engaged to one of your coworkers? 
Uh, well, it's just the way they talk about the relationship. They make it seem like they're they've they've quote unquote had the talk about you know are we in a relationship or not talk. Mm. It feels like they you know they they've put themselves on that level. And you know you kind of gotta you kind of got to you know because it's gonna come out and it's not gonna be pretty. And it's better to come from you than somebody else. Well, you're very right, Jacob, because it comes from Michael. It's terribly ugly. Yeah. How can Amy so, recover? And so she like throws her hair up over her face, like hide. Yeah. You know, protection mechanism. Like, hey, when I was in the foster home, the hair, my hair was my room. I know. It's like so weird. And, and she gets. It's like really, really crazy. Like I don't feel sorry for Michael too often, but I kind of do here. Like he's not meaning. Like he's not trying to be a jerk. Yeah, he's being a, a bit aloof and jerky with the lunch because he's just trying to get through it. But like I don't see him being an asshole here. Right. And he's just like, yeah. In I. I don't think at any point he, it would have been wrong of him to think of, to think that, or not wrong of him to think that Andy, that she didn't already know. Right. You know, I would assume that she would already know by now. Yeah. Because the other thing about it too, though, is like the whole office was heavily involved in that. So it, and they don't really get new people off. And this is season six, you know? Right. Um, so it's possible, too, that maybe he just forgot that she wasn't around for that. That, too. But, you know, it's been over. It's been a year now. Well, Moroccan Christmas. So it's been at least, it's been about we go showtime about like a year and a quarter. So it figure that and she she showed up not too late, too long after that. Right. Well, that's why I wonder if he's just hazing it all together. Yeah. And you and also you're just like, well, you think she would find out. Somehow, you know, that that stuff's got to be talked around, out, you know, talked out around the office. Yeah. Um, so let's see. What else do we have here? <laughs> um, three squeezes and you'd be drained. That yes. is, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, Pam being in her first day, she... You know, she's she's going through some bodily feelings that uh, are the result of having a baby. And um, mm-hmm. she does have her pump, but Meredith is using it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. She goes like pump and Meredith is sitting in the bathroom with it like hooked up to her. Like, yeah, I just like the way it feels like, oh, it's so gross. It's not sanitary. And <laughs> Meredith's like, we're all girls here. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but so Dwight offers his services and uh, says that three squeezes and you'd be trained. Um, right. And what I always think what's interesting is when something like this happens from Dwight's perspective, like I know it's not coming from like a dirty place. Right. No, he's like, look, I can, I can fix this. Yeah. Like, like that I, bit it, where he's like, I got penises on the brain. Like, right. There's no, there's no dick jokes for Dwight. No, no. It's just, this is what we call them. <laughs> So, so they're back, um, and uh, Aaron has immediately switched off. She's there. She doesn't really want to talk to Andy. She's kind of short with him when trying to cover how lunch was. Um, Also, kind of weird because she's mad in like a very normal way, which I think is weird for her because she was like just minutes ago hiding in her hair. Right, but also maybe it's one of those things where now that it's in front of her, you know, right? She could like she's it. trying to figure out like what she's doing. Like, like sometimes I've been like in that situation where I I'm not sure how to act because I'm angry, but I'm also still dealing with this new information. So I'm just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do here. I'm just gonna act normal until, uh, yeah, just gonna act normal. Yeah. Uh, but we find ourselves at the Secretary Day party where we overhear a conversation that uh, Kevin, uh, no, that Ryan's having um, about, oh, because Kelly's saying, hey, how come when I did such and such thing, you said it was derivative or something, right? 
Oh no, she does a voice, and he's he's like, oh, I did the voice. Oh, and he's yeah. like, oh, that's pretty derivative. It's like, well, parody, parody is, is always derivative. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we you know we don't. Which I don't think a, we have. Which but. is a really good like inside baseball kind of like writer's joke. Yeah. You know, I I thought that was pretty good on on that level, and then you know, um, Jim starts doing the voice, and Gabe gets kind of pissed. And Andy gets up, gives a big shout out to Angela, and she's trying to, her Michael's trying to get him to shut up, and, and he starts about to sing a song, and just she just like uncorks a cake, cake right. Is it true? Did everyone else know but me? And everyone's kind of like, yeah, we all knew. Yeah, and she's like, who else did you sleep with? Did you sleep with Phyllis? And Phyllis looks horrifying. That's gross. Um, real quick, just to touch on that, uh, during the uh, the parody bit, Jim gets, uh, what do you call it, suspended without pay. Pam gets suspended without pay. Is that it? No. That, right. That's where they get like a final warning. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, they get and suspended. We have this talking how gay where he's like, hmm, I, like when, when the whole Aaron and Andy thing is going on and he's like, Hmm, I could go deal with that, but this cookie monster thing, that seems pressing. Like yeah. you can tell he's just such a pussy. Totally. Like he just 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 won't, you know do anything. So yeah, so with this blowout, Kevin, the uh the gentleman forever, uh, goes and tries to make a move on Aaron. Not nothing right. over the top skeezy, but you know. No, but he's just like, you know, if you need someone to talk to, or I would have all, I would told you right away or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Um, so everybody's back at their desk and it's all tense. And, uh, there, there's some cookie monster voices being done. And that's when Gabe loses his cool and starts suspending people. So Jim's gone. Pam's gone. Dwight right. tries to clap in appreciation, but the slow golf clap is perceived as sarcastic. He's suspended. Right. Um, and they find out that he can't do that. He can't even. He can ask. He basically can't do anything. Right. I mean, I think they said like he could. He couldn't forbid them from coming to work, but he couldn't dock their pay. No, he, yeah, he could ask them to. Yeah. Comment. It's a comment. But that was it. So, yeah, so he finds this out basically over the phone, and who knows who he's talking to, some Tallahassee HR rep. Mm. And um, he tries to go out to kind of give a big old mea culpa without expressing that he has no authority, right? But Toby right. lets the rabbit out of the bag, or rabbit, cat, turtle, I don't know, some fucking animal, yeah. uh, out of the bag for Pam because he's got a crush on her, and he's going to strangle her. Um <laughs> So Pam knows, writes a little secret note to Jim. Jim reads it. So they're like, you know what? Let's let's get out of here. They both express that they yeah, miss I the baby. Take, I have to take this bad attitude home. Yeah, yeah. And Gabe doesn't really know what's going on. And Dwight doesn't know. So Dwight's like, don't you people know how to grovel? Uh, so he does this whole weird grand gesture of apologizing and sitting on his knee and kissing Gabe's hand. Right. It's terrible. Um, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so then Gabe, trying to uh, win everybody's approval back, gives his own Cookie Monster impression, which opens the floodgates to some really amazing Gabe impressions. It, it, Kevin does a really good job of just, just popping them. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, I'm Gabe. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go see the stick stick bug yeah. or stick figure or whatever. It's, oh, a chow. I, I say a chow because I'm fancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just super silly. And then, yeah, this is the first episode where even though lunch was weird, Mike is becoming the father figure for Aaron. It's kind of unexplained, but it's it's a nice relationship. Um, right. And, and I think he feels bad for her. Like, I think at first he saw her as weird. And after this, he sees her as broken, which is what she is. I mean, she's just she's had a rough child. But you know, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, she's a pretty broken character. I mean, I mean, she's never known good relationships. 
I mean, has Andy? Has Dwight? Really? Oh, no, no, Andy's all fucked up too. That, that's all I'm saying. I'm saying it's one thing to say she's broken, but I think in the context of the show, she's pretty par for the course. Right. Oh, for sure. But, you know, she's also pretty young, right? Like 22, 23. I mean, I, I figure she's the age that uh, Jim and Pam will be started. So, yeah, probably 25, 26, like mid to late 20s. Yeah, I always thought put her earlier 20s. But, you know, I think it's just sort of that, like, you know, instinct to help the person who is really is the one who got wronged, so to speak. Right. I mean, you can debate all you want the merits of whether he should have not told her or whatever, but in the context of the episode, she was the one who was wronged and lied to, you know, or lie, you know, lie of omission kind of thing. Right. Uh, I'm trying to look up her age here, but I can't tell. I feel like they would have said the year that she was born because there's that whole Phyllis thing that comes up later. But yeah, it is. I, I think you just say about the same time. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so Michael does this thing, and it's nice, and I think uh, Andy peeps it a bit and sees that it's a nice thing. So, like, even though he's uh, kind of on the ropes in this relationship, I mean, it's pretty much over until next time, right, at this point now? Yeah, because she says that she needs some time away, like, push uh, the novelization of, Push yeah. Sapphire, but what? <laughs> crazy line of yeah. dialogue that is. Um, and then we get like a, a stinger ending here for this episode. Right. And, you know, yeah, Oscar, Kevin makes something with Oscar being the count from Sesame Street, but it doesn't really work. Yeah, and everyone's just, like, yeah. "What is what, all this stuff?" He's like, and then Michael comes in, he's like, "Dude, sick bird, he got you, Oscar." Like, well, no I, one gets yeah. it except for Michael. <laughs> and Michael's elation is like so honest. He's like, "He totally got yeah. you, man." Yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> uh, so they it have their moment, good. and I think Oscar just kind of lets them have it because obviously it's right. going to catch on. Yeah. All right, man. So, what are your what's your rating for this one? Uh, well, I felt pretty clever with this one. Uh, I like this episode. I think it ends nicely, especially with Michael, because we see this sort of surrogate father figure thing played out of played out in different portions. Um, the the episode where they go over to, to Gabe's place to watch Glee is when it really comes out big time. Yeah. Um, and we see Aaron being really protective of Michael. Especially when Holly comes back with the whole, you know, like she really just gives Holly the business. Yeah. You know, uh, so this is sort of the start of that. And I like it. And it's a good look for Michael. Like this is an episode where Michael isn't a douchebag, like pretty much the entire episode. He's a pretty normal human being. So you got to yeah. chalk that up. So I give this three out of five squeezes. Oh, man. So yeah. I got the wordplay in there and everything. Did, I was pretty yeah. proud of myself. Yeah, no, I think uh, yeah, I think my rating is on par, uh, minus the the funny label. I too would give it uh, three out of five. Uh, favorite months. That's all I got, man. You got the good one. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's a pretty good episode. You know, these two episodes really had a lot of stuff, like you said, that's going to be uh, in storylines that will be covered for the rest of the season. You know, right? And this is where like. They also, we also, it's really, especially a happy hour builds up a lot of the um, stuff for the rest of the season. Like, it really sets up, because we have four more episodes left in this um, in this season, and it really sets up those four episodes. Yeah, we've got the uh, Donna Mike stuff. We've got, you know, the Cave Aaron stuff now is going to be moving, in, and by effect, Andy also. Um. Uh, then Angela, Dwight, that's going to keep coming to a head over these uh, couple episodes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a whole thing. I'm glad we're almost done, yep. though. Yeah, yeah. Just three more seasons to go. Yeah. Um, our <laughs> next episode will be a little different. 
um, because of the holidays and such. So it won't be a full regular episode. So uh, don't feel like you're missing out. But I think the tentative plans right now are for us to discuss all of the Christmas episodes of The Office. And uh, we'll do something fun with them. And rank, rank them on. accordingly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, our next scheduled time to do things is Christmas Eve. And that's just not going to happen. No. But, uh, yeah, we'll get something out before the end of the year, and that'll be a, that'll be a fun episode for everybody to check out. So uh, mm-hmm. if I can check it out. Um, and I guess that's going to do it. As usual, visit BrokenJars.xyz. Uh, lots and lots of shows on that network. Um, all yep. good shows. Uh, Dresden Files podcast. We have High Fantasy, uh, Dangerous to Go Alone. Uh, so, yeah, all sorts of good stuff. Check us out. You can find me at, at Jacob Ingalls on Twitter you want to follow me there uh yeah just hit us up and uh you know see you next time take care everybody laters